Good morning, people of God. Thank you for joining together as a community this morning as we worship God, we sing praises, we hear God's word, and we grow in faith as God's people. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Kelsey Parker. It's a joy to lead you in worship today. A special welcome to all of those of you who are joining us online, uh, tuning in that way. We're so glad that we can meet you where you are today. Pastor Dave will be returning from the second half of his sabbatical next Sunday. He timed it perfectly with the Super Bowl, so this is good. Um, his first sabbatical in 15 years of ministry. I can't believe that it's been 15 years uh, of serving God's people together. And I'm sure, I know, he's got lots of energy and enthusiasm for coming back to join us and being in ministry with us. Uh, quick heads up to any uh, Sunday school families here or online. We are having an in-person pancake breakfast on February 19th, and we'd invite any who are interested to sign up to support that, either by helping in the kitchen or dropping off a few pancake ingredients uh, and helping us that way, but we would love to have you. We're going to plan some fun things to do while we eat and just enjoy that togetherness time together. Our preacher this morning is Miss Robin McCants, who serves as assistant to the bishop at the Southeast Michigan Synod. She's served there for going on 19 years. So I've known Robin for quite some time, um, and as our paths have crossed as we've done ministry. So we're thankful to you for being with us today. I invite you, before we sing, to stand and greet each other, either with a word of peace or a hello or a good morning, a handshake, a fist bump, an elbow, or just, you know, a cautious wave, uh, wherever you're at, greet one another in God's name. Let us pray. Lord God, with endless mercy, you receive the prayers of all who call upon you. By your spirit, show us the things we ought to do and give us the grace and power to do them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to be seated, and I invite up Miss Robin McCants to give our sermon this morning. Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. I am Robin McCants. I'm an assistant to the Bishop for Advocacy and Urban Ministry at the Southeast Michigan Senate. Um, and I am doing the sermon, the reading and the sermon, right? Okay, so I'll start there. Today's sermon text comes from Matthew 13, beginning at the, Matthew 5, beginning at the 13th verse. Salt, light, and the Holy Spirit. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And the law and the prophets, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. 
For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I added a little piece to the scripture, so I'm going to read also from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at the 10th verse. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. This ends the gospel of our Lord. So now I bring you greetings. Um, I bring you greetings from our Senate staff and your bishop, the Reverend Dr. Don Chris. And I know some of our folks have been here over the past few weeks um, as Pastor Dave has continued in his time of sabbatical. Um, Continue praying for him. I understand he has a little bit under the weather this morning, um, but that he continues in this last, the last few days of his time of rest and reflection. And please know that he and Pastor Kelsey are so valued um, as clergy members in our Senate, and we're thankful for the work that they do here and throughout our community. I bring greetings to you also from my home congregation, which is Genesis Lutheran in Detroit. Um, and also the other Detroit congregations, Gracious Savior, Iroquois Avenue Christ, Love Rising, and Revelation, as I also served, serve as dean to the Detroit congregations. It is my pleasure and a privilege to be here on this first Sunday of Black History Month and the fifth Sunday of Epiphany. And I just pray, Father God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts are found acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. So I have something to admit to y'all. And Pastor Kelsey, as we were talking this morning, you may find this familiar. So some of you also may find it familiar in the work that you do. So I will. You know, I always try to start preparing a sermon early in the week, and then I'll come back and revisit it and tweak it a little bit, and it's good by Saturday. So I started reading, preparing, meditating, writing. Reading, preparing, meditating, and writing. And then I realized it was not working out for me in the direction that I was going. And my original direction had to be rerouted, and I would have to start over. And that happened yesterday. (laughs) 
And so, you know, either God was saying, Robin, mm-mm, you, you didn't hear what I was telling you, or you didn't prepare enough, or a little bit of both. But I had to pivot and start over yesterday. So hopefully, God and I are on the same path because I didn't want to get up here and just speak a whole lot of gibberish and not make any sense. My whole purpose for being here is to say something that moves you, that resonates with you from the Holy Spirit. So, again, I pray that the words of my mouth will be found acceptable in God's sight as I bring a message to you that I've entitled Salt, Light, and the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, my family celebrated my oldest sister's 73rd birthday, and I have a brother older than her who lives out of state. And we went to a new-to-them restaurant in our old neighborhood that serves breakfast items. The food was excellent. It was served family-style, so they brought all these platters of food, and we were very happy. We were very satiated. It was just a good time. And they, you order food based on the number of people at your table. So there were five of us. And it's a big open space, but not a big place. So because there were five of us, they kind of set us in the, towards the back of the building. And in the front of the building are these huge, very tall, wide open windows, no window covering. And it was sunny yesterday morning. So I'm facing the window, and as I'm looking towards the window, I just see shadows. I see people, but there are shadows because it was so bright. And I'm sure those people who sat in the front and were looking towards me, what they saw a lot more detail. So although we had access to the same light, our seating arrangements made how we saw one another very different. And sight is an interesting sense because some days like today, it's kind of gray. It could be too sunny. It could be too dark. It could be something that's just right. I'm sure you've been driving before or in a, a tall building. And if the light is just right, you can see just as far as you can imagine. Oh, what's that? I, I drive down home from Jefferson quite a bit. And occasionally I see a real tall I guess it's a building, but it's so far away across the water. I don't know what it is. Some days I can't see anything. But if everything aligns up pretty good, then you can see as far as you can see. But on that same day, if it's foggy or hazy and the view is a little different and you might not even realize where you are or where you're going. Reading today's word from Matthew about the light reminds me of the times when we can see everything so clearly in front of us. But don't be fooled by the use of the word light because we may be able to see clearly in the dark as well. Time spent in the word enlightens us to the point of being able to have good discussions about what we've read. When you know what you know, You've studied and spent time talking through the concepts, coming at it from different angles and perspectives. 
then you're better able or better equipped to share with what God has shared with you. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. This is what Jesus said while he was up on that mountain. He didn't miss his words. His statement included the words, you and are. If we are the salt of the earth and we are disciples of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and we are able to enhance the taste and or understanding of the world about we are able to enhance the taste and understanding that the world has about Jesus and his teachings. Otherwise, what's the point? Those of us who like good food use salt. <laughs> Our doctors and health advocates may say we use too much. However, we use it to bring out the taste of the food that we eat. To have it, whatever kind it is, and not use it. To have it sitting there on the counter next to the stove while you're cooking and never put it into the pot can make your meal a little bland. But you can use it. You just have to use it thoughtfully and with a good balance. Now, Matthew is a teacher. And in the book of Matthew, it gives us a lot to take in to understand Jesus' way of teaching us. Matthew was written for us to understand the word so that we are able to share this word with other people. Our ELCA presiding bishop, Elizabeth Eaton, always emphasizes the ELCA in this way. We are church, we are Lutheran, we are church together, and we are church for the sake of the world. And these four points are fundamental, are a fundamental part of our identity as the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Reading the Gospel of Matthew reminds me of Bishop Eaton's focus for us. In Matthew, God is present in Jesus as in his birth, Emmanuel, God with us. And all of God's promises to us are there with the birth of his son, Jesus Jesus is present with the church, with the children, with the least of these, with those who follow him, with those who learn from him, those who share his teachings. And one way this is made real to followers of Christ is through the Eucharist, the holiness of the bread and wine, that blessed sacrament that we receive, which is the element we can see, we can touch and taste, that connects us to God's promise, the word, and that strengthens our faith. The church, then, is present in the world as the salt and light of the world as we are called to go out and make disciples. So our presiding bishop will say, we're not a social service agency with sacraments. We are the body of Christ, and together we are the church for the sake of the world. And all of this together makes sense because in reading the book of Matthew, just a few scriptures before I started today, we know that Jesus had ventured up this mountain where his, with his disciples and probably a few others, and the Sermon on the Mount was given. And there Jesus speaks of a blessing or this divine favor that will be be bestowed on those who possess certain character qualities. 
the quality of someone who is poor in spirit would be blessed with the kingdom of heaven. The quality of being pure in heart is the blessing of seeing God. The quality of those who are peacemakers would be blessed as children of God. So yes, the blessed are not those who drive nice cars and have many material things. And we know this, but that's not what we say to one another. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. I have a job. I'm blessed. You know, I have a good home. I'm blessed. That's not how we use the word, but that's not how we know the word. The blessed are those who bear burdens. Those who struggle because Jesus tells us your reward is in heaven, just as it was for those prophets who were persecuted before you. As the salt of the earth, it allows us who hunger for righteousness and embody peace and may even be persecuted to be enhanced by the word that we read. In Jesus, we cannot merely sit back and receive an abundant life or simply tell others what a great life we have. No, Jesus is talking about a life that makes a difference for others in the world. The scripture we read guides us in our day-to-day living and gives us the capacity to do what Jesus calls us to do every day of our lives. And this law that Jesus gives us at the end of this reading today says that unless we follow the word and live out our commandments, we are no better than the scribes and Pharisees. The scribes are the writers of the law and those over-righteous Pharisees. Remember, Jesus through Matthew wants us to know the law of the Old Testament, not because he wants us to follow it, but to know it and know what we have been called to, to something new by the birth of Jesus, who died so that we might live in glory. Throughout the the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are called to do justice. And that call is clear. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. That's in Psalms. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and please the widow's causes in Isaiah. And because God's call to us is clear, We know by way of 1 Corinthians, which I just read a little earlier, that these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And I'll repeat that um, scripture from Corinthians. For what what human being knows what is truly human except through the human spirit that is within. So no one comprehends what's truly God except the spirit of God. And we've received the spirit of the, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God so that we may understand the gifts that God has bestowed upon us. What's the point of all of this work on behalf of God the Father and God the Son if we're not willing to bend to the power of God the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit that is my connection to my belief. It's my consciousness and the way my brain and my heart meets up. The Holy Spirit has many functions. 
Not only does it distribute spiritual gifts to, to God's will, but the Holy Spirit comforts us and teaches us and remains in us as a seal of promise upon our hearts until the day that Jesus returns. The Holy Spirit takes on the role of guide and counselor to lead us in all the ways that we should go to reveal God's truth. So now here's my black history moment. Have you ever heard of Reverend Jehu Jones? Reverend Jehu Jones was the first African-American Lutheran pastor. He was born in Charleston, South Carolina in September of 1786 to slave parents who were freed um, shortly after he was born, about 15 years after he was born. The senior Jehu had been a tailor and was able to buy a house and take up innkeeping and ran this upscale hotel in Charleston with his wife. The junior Jehu, who was drawn to ministry originally through the Episcopal Church, later became a member of St. John's Lutheran Church in Charleston in 1820. And that church is still a viable ministry today in South Carolina. With the encouragement of his pastor at St. John's, Jones traveled to New York to become ordained in 1832. And from there he went to Liberia on a mission trip to help freed slaves there. And back in that time, freed slaves from the United States would go to start a new life in Liberia, a new country. So the Junior Jones went there as Pastor Jones, and he came back to the States to Charleston and was put in jail because the law was a free slave could not come back to the place that they were freed from. So he was put in jail for a little while, and then when he was released, he went to Philadelphia and founded a church there. He built a church for black folks in the community, and they were poor. They didn't have enough money to pay off the, the mortgage. They got about 40% of the mortgage paid off. And it, like, long story short, the building went into foreclosure because the community and other religious leaders promised Jehu, Pastor Jehu, well, if you give us this building, we'll pay off your debt for you and you'll have a place for your members to have worship. They reneged, the building was sold. And Jehu kind of went around trying to find other places for his ministry to take place. We see a lot of that today, right? He continued to organize worship services there in, in Philadelphia, but then he eventually went back to New York. And when he went to try and start a church in New York, the Senate said, oh no, you mismanaged your money. Look what happened in Philadelphia. Jehu cried racism, and the Senate stood their ground, he stood his ground, and he tried to just continue to do what he had been called to do, to preach the word, to introduce people to the faith that he knew until his death um, at the age of 66 in 1852. And once he died, his church only survived a few more years after that. So this story of Jehu Jones, please, if you think about it later, look him up. Um, 
I was introduced to him early on, didn't know who this guy was, and the the longer I became a part of the staff and, and becoming introduced to different people around our national church, the more I would hear about him. And his story is significant because I see it being repeated even today, where a, a pastor is called to a community that can't afford him. The church is struggling between church leadership and pastoral leadership. Church is closed. But I bring him up because if not for the Holy Spirit's presence in his life, I don't think Reverend Jones would have continued this fight to lead people to scripture and to God's word. When your every action is countered by a life-altering reaction, it has to be your faith that leads you to it and the Holy Spirit that brings you through it. The Holy Spirit that shows you, not only you, but those around you, your gifts, so that you know what others see in you. The Holy Spirit that will make a way out of no way. The Holy Spirit that provides the salt in you, that gives you the ability to enhance what is acceptable to God. The Holy Spirit that acts like that GPS on a foggy morning so that you have your turn-by-turn directions because you've read the word and you understand the voice that you hear speaking to your soul. The same Holy Spirit that leads you to be just in your thinking and doing for all of God's people. And the Holy Spirit that calms your fears and tears in the middle of the night when you are alone in your thoughts and worries. You, friends, are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Jesus provides our saltiness and our illumination. And the Holy Spirit will support us. No matter what lies ahead, if it's dangerous or fulfilling, because God calls us into this journey with our faith. Trust in God and God will see you in and God will see you through whatever it is, be it by a sudden manifestation or perception, the meaning and the purpose of God's call to you will be revealed. Amen. Let us pray. Righteous and just God, we give you thanks for your word among us today. Help us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Help us to follow the example of leaders that have gone before us, like Pastor Jones. Help us to continue to move forward as your church, no matter what we face. Fill us with hope today. Fill us with that guiding spirit as we love you, as we worship you, as we listen for your word in our lives. And all of God's people say, Amen. Called together to follow Jesus, we now pray for the church, the world, and all in need. At the end of each petition, I'll say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Loving God, call your people to seek your wisdom in difficult conversations and in action. 
Give the church everywhere courage to repent for the ways we have tolerated and practiced injustice. God of grace, hear our prayer. Inspire our wonder at creation. From the light of dawn to the beauty of the dark night. Sustain the unseen depths of the ocean to the plants and animals we know well. Bring healing to lands and communities experiencing natural disasters. God of grace, hear our prayer. Instruct the powerful in your ways. Provide upright leadership in business and industry that workers are not oppressed. Throughout the world, inspire voters and raise up politicians to heed your call for nations to practice righteousness. God of grace, hear our prayer. Loosen the bonds of injustice in our midst. Grant peace to end quarrels, put an end to hunger, and break every yoke of oppression. Shelter all who flee abuse in their homes or violence in their communities. Satisfy those afflicted in any way, especially those we name now either silently or out loud. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times we failed to live as God would have us live. Please join me using the words on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by Christ's authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And would you please respond, and for you too. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion cups, which you've received. Uh, there's a wafer on top and grape juice on the bottom. If you need a gluten-free wafer, they are available at the usher station as you come in. So if you need to hop up and grab one or remember that for next time, please know that we do have those available. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. This is the body of Christ given for you. 
Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, thank you so much for your continued support financially and through your time and your talents here at King of Kings. We don't pass the offering plate at this time, but we do have a spot to place your offering on the way out or a method for giving online if you visit our website. Every part that we contribute makes up this beautiful whole, this community where we care for each other and for those in our community. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Yeah, God is good. And light filled with the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.